Head to netsuite.com slash briefing now for their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Wednesday, October 19th. With just 20 days to go until midterm election day, voters are casting ballots, closing arguments are being made on the campaign trail, and President Joe Biden is using the bully pulpit. It's pretty clear that President Biden has a sole focus right now with just less than three weeks to go on bolstering Democratic majorities in the House and the Senate, if that's possible. And what is also clear from his travel schedule is that he and his team are aware that his numbers are upside down, that he is more unpopular than popular with the American public broadly, and therefore not the most sought after guest for all of these members of Congress or candidates running in the purplest of truest battleground states because there's a whole swath of voters that they'll need that don't like Joe Biden. So it's pretty simple. And we see this midterm cycle after midterm cycle about where presidents can deploy, how they can be utilized, and how their approval rating at the moment sort of helps determine that. So what is Joe Biden doing? Well, he's doing that thing that presidents have a unique ability to do, which is use the bully pulpit and get behind a microphone and start making some pronouncements that they believe will help their side get more of their voters out. And today, Biden made a move to address the issue that voters care most about. That is the economy and inflation. He outlined three steps his administration is taking today to address this problem. When the price of gas goes up, other expenses get cut. That's why I have been doing everything in my power to reduce gas prices since Putin's invasion of Ukraine caused these price hikes, these prices to spike and rattle international oil markets. First, he announced the sale of 15 million barrels of oil in December from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. This release is expected to round out the last of the historic 180 million barrels Biden wanted to release to restore global markets in the wake of Russia's war in Ukraine. He said today there could be more where that came from, especially since OPEC said it will slash oil production starting in November. Republicans, of course, charged the move as one that is politically motivated. Shocked that you would find politics going on here, no doubt. Obviously, that is indeed part of this. But President Biden said it's consistent with what his administration has been doing. Biden said there's about 400 million barrels left in supply, adding that's enough to address any emergency. That may be true, but it is still at a 38-year low, which brings us to the second step President Biden plans to take to replenish that and bring prices down, and that is increasing domestic oil production. The United States government is going to purchase oil to refill the Strategic Petroleum Reserve when prices fall to $70 a barrel. That means oil companies can invest to ramp up production now. With confidence, they'll be able to sell their oil to us at that price in the future, $70. Lastly, President Biden called on oil companies to cut into their record profits and lower prices at the pump for the American people. So today, it was gas prices and the economy. Yesterday, it was abortion rights, where President Biden used the bully pulpit to try and keep that energy around that issue for Democrats and urge them to show up at the polls. On Thursday, 
the president heads to Pennsylvania, one of the many trips he has made to the Commonwealth during his time in office and, of course, home to one of the most critical Senate races that will help determine control of the United States Senate. While there, Biden will host a fundraiser for John Fetterman, the Democratic Senate nominee. And on Friday, Biden will be in his home state of Delaware to talk about student loan forgiveness at a historically black university. Now, this move that his administration has made is one that is popular with more than 12 million borrowers using the loan forgiveness website in the last three days since they were able to start signing up for it. But polling shows it is not necessarily a broad popular political win of an issue. Lots of Americans are not on board with this notion of loan forgiveness. But the Biden team is hoping it is going to excite, enthuse younger voters to turn up and vote. And we're learning more about the overall engagement of the electorate this cycle. And that is to say, it is a very engaged electorate. We've seen it across polling for months now that people really do have an interest in this year's midterm elections. That has not always been the case. But we're also starting to see it in some of the early vote data we're getting back from Edison Research and Catalyst, who we partner with to get these numbers and track the early vote. So nearly 2.5 million people have already cast their ballots. And that is on par with what we saw four years ago in 2018, the last midterm election, this far out from Election Day. And 2018 was one of the highest turnout midterm elections we had seen in decades in American political history. Again, we're seeing a very engaged electorate. Georgia's Secretary of State said a record number of voters turned out in the first two days of early midterm voting. More than 268,000 Georgians have already voted as of this morning. That's a record for the state and a more than 75% increase over that same early voting period back in 2018. And in fact, the Georgia Secretary of State noted that early voting has now surpassed what it was in 2020 at this point. That is truly astounding, given that 2020 was a presidential election year. So, again, this is an electorate that is dialed into this midterm election. Now, there's going to be a lot of early vote data that's going to start just flooding in to the bloodstream of the conversation around Election Day. And I just want to give a note of caution here. It's clearly a partial picture and not even a crystal clear partial picture at that. We don't know how these people voted. Right. In some states, we have party identification information. In some states, we have racial demographic information. But the reality is we don't know how people voted inside those ballots. And the other reality is we don't know how many people are going to show up on Election Day itself. So while a lot of early vote may seem like it's this outsized proportion, well, if a lot of people turn out on Election Day, then perhaps it isn't so outsized. So it, it is a partial picture. It's a little bit of tea leaf reading, and it is difficult to sort of ascertain what to get out of these numbers. But one thing is clear is this engagement factor. And that is something every campaign will be taking into account as it tries to identify its voters and get them to cast their ballots. One final note from the campaign trail today, John Fetterman, who I mentioned earlier, he's the lieutenant governor, the Democratic nominee for Senate. And 
after being under pretty intense scrutiny for not being as transparent as possible about his health, given the fact that he had that very substantial stroke back around the primary in the spring and has been recovering ever since. Well, today he released a letter from his primary care physician in which his doctor says he is, quote, recovering well from his stroke and, quote, has no work restrictions and can work full duty in public office. Now, the report details an October 14th visit to the office and acknowledges something that Fetterman has talked about since the stroke, which is that he has this continued auditory processing disorder, makes it hard for him to hear without using a closed caption system, which is what he's expected to be using at the one and only debate he'll be having with Republican nominee Dr. Mehmet Oz next week. And that is going to be the critical test where Pennsylvania voters in large numbers will see Fetterman in a debate and they'll decide for themselves if they agree with his doctor that he can work full duty in public office. But it's clearly going to be a threshold issue for Fetterman in this debate. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.